Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. All right, before we get to the show, I want to talk to you about Studio because Studio wants to revolutionize the way people see headphones as not just a tech device, but also a fashion accessory. The typical headphones market forces you to choose between either style or tech, but Studio headphones offer both. Studio headphones boast a modern Scandinavian design, plus their products match the quality of the highest rated headphones on the market for just a fraction of the cost, and Studio offers free worldwide shipping. Mm-hmm. Studio's newest and first completely wireless model, the Neva, launched this past May and has quickly proven to be unrivaled for life on the move. Neva wireless headphones have superb connectivity with Bluetooth 4.1 and two and a half hours of music playtime, all without overlooking Studio's distinct modern style. I have it, I love it, they work great. They come in a little case that that keep them together so you don't lose them and also charges them at the same time. Oh, that's so, so cool. smart, I love that. Brill. Mm -hmm. The Neva charging case is also a standalone contemporary interior design piece, and its portable nature allows you to bring it with you wherever you go for an additional two to three charges. So whether you're out chasing adventures or just moonwalking across the living room floor, Guilty. do it without the wires. <laughs> <laughs> the Neva model is available in white and black, plus a special edition limited supply in black gold and white gold. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these things are basically white gold, y'all. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. um, check mm -hmm. out Studio at studio.com, S-U-D-I-O.com, or on Instagram at studio. And support the show by using our discount code GALS15, G-A-L-S-1-5, with your purchase. That promo code GALS15 gets you 15% off your order, which is great if you're searching for the perfect gifts for this holiday season. And all online orders placed in November and December 2018 will also come with a complimentary gift box so you can get a little something even when you're shopping for everyone else on your list. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. And puke mm -hmm. a little in their mouths while they're burping <laughs> in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Y'all missed that, but Lucy and I got to witness it, and it was as gross as it sounds. Get on mm -hmm. my level. <laughs> Grosser, even. Yeah. Yeah. Indescribably gross. You're um, fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This week, we have a very special fan pick episode. Yes. Yes. Um, it has Who been are a we, while. though? Oh, fuck. I'm Kenyon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucy. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> All right. I figure if people have made it this far. It's just part of the intro. <laughs> okay. So our very special fan pick this week is Campus Crimes. Yeah. Yes. We love those alliterations. We do. We really do. And um, it has been a while since I was on a campus. But uh, the memories linger. I'm on a campus most days of the week. Yeah, Amanda. Did you say memories? Memories. Memories <laughs> all alone in the moonlight. 
<laughs> I actually don't know because I'm wearing my studio noise canceling headphones, so I can barely hear myself talk. Perfect. Um, I love it. Okay. Our fan picker this week is Lisa Nadolny. Ooh. And we Nadore you, Lisa yeah, Nadolny. <laughs> um, Nadolny bef- closer, <laughs> tiny dancer. Oh my God. <laughs> A special. Nadolny, are you an amazing <laughs> episode picker? <laughs> that was good. That was good. Before we get to the wine crime pairing for campus crimes, I hear that Amanda has a little butt plug to share. I have a butt plug. I have a butt plug. Na, 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 na. I have. I'm sorry. I got excited. Enough about your personal life. <laughs> and somehow but enough she's about the <laughs> so we are recording this just coming off of uh, Cyber Monday and uh, over the weekend Small Business Saturday. And so I just really wanted to plug my friend in Minneapolis. Uh, she is local to Minneapolis. She's an incredibly talented jewelry maker. Mm. And she is doing a sale this week on her items, which is awesome. So I think that everybody should just check out her website really quick. It's ilominneapolis.com. It's ilompls.com. And everything is handmade. It's in a one-woman shop that is local here in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, all the items are made out of brass, silver, and gold. She also does some fine jewelry with, re- like, it's really stunning, amazing stuff. Um, her stock is a little bit limited because she makes everything by hand pretty much to order. Um, so the holiday orders need to be placed right away for her to get them done. So you should check out her website, ilompls.com. And she's actually doing a little giveaway on her Instagram. She's going to be one of her like signature pieces are these really cool, what she calls big dipper earrings. You'll have to check out the website to see them. Um, but she's giving away a pair of them in brass and now, not everybody has their ears pierced, so she's also offering a $75 ILO gift card. If uh, you don't have pierced ears and you and you win the contest, a little giveaway, you can still use that gift card towards something on her store. Um, Love it. To, yeah, isn't that smart? I mean, both of you don't have your ears pierced. Yeah, so Lucy like, and I don't have our ears pierced, but we do. I have the Gemini bangle. Mm-hmm. And Lucy and, and I have, is it the Gemini ring? Yes, Ugh. it's gorgeous. So, so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I have a bunch of her, like, Big Dipper earrings. I've been buying from her for a little while. She's incredible. Um, so to enter to win her giveaway, she wants you to follow her on her Instagram. So it's at ILO Studio on Instagram. Repost her original giveaway photo and tag her in it so she can see that you've done it. And she's going to announce the winner on the 6th of December. So check That's it out. soon. Yeah, it's really soon. Right now. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Her Instagram is unreal. Like, I look at it, and it's just like, I'm obsessed with everything on her store. So, yeah, I just like supporting local business. She's a friend of mine, and her pieces are so incredible. So, everybody check it out. Follow her on ILO Studio on Instagram, I-L-O-S-T-U-D-I-O. And then that'll link you to her website and everything, too. But go. Go, 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 go. I love this butt plug. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Amanda, what is our wine crime pairing for campus crimes? I am so excited about this pairing because it is disgusting. Um, (laughs) I have chosen. (laughs) You know how I like to be gross. Yeah. We Um, really leaning into it. I lean into it hard, (laughs) y'all. We be drinking 
Arbor Mist Exotic Fruits White <laughs> Zinfandel. <laughs> Why? I've had this once. I almost Why? spit out once. my drink. <laughs> well, I chose this because the first time I ever played beer pong in college, I refused to actually drink beer because I hated beer. So what did I fill my side of solo cups with? Oh, That's no. right. <laughs> Arbor Mist Exotic Fruits White Zinfandel. Oh, my God. You Ugh. must have been hammered. And ill. <laughs> <laughs> Not great There's for the There's lots of sugar in there. Yeah, it's basically Kool-Aid. Um, it's called oh, a fruit wine, which <laughs> you just don't trust it. It's um, better than this, a foot wine. Yeah, better than foot wine. <laughs> This wine hails from New York, and we really haven't talked much about New York wines, so let's do it right now. For a reason. Does this count? It do- this doesn't count, but these facts okay. still remain the same. Okay. Dutch colonists cultivated New York's first grapevines on the island of Manhattan o- over 400 years ago. I like the island Manhattan. I know you do. Oh, God. Uh, While most of that real estate has since been put to other (laughs) non-agricultural uses, the rest of New York State has become a flourishing source of unique and high-quality wines, not including Arbor Mist Exotic Fruits White (laughs) Zinfandel. The Empire State is the nation's third largest producer of wines after California and Washington. The state boasts five primary wine regions, the Finger Lakes, Mm. Hudson River... Lake Erie and Niagara Escarpment and <laughs> Long Island. Wow. Uh, Beautiful Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> um, I have actually, dri- there's like, there's an actual like Napa in upstate New York. Or uh, what's it called? It's not Napa. <laughs> it's something else. Some Italian name. And uh, there's tons and tons and tons and tons of wineries up there, and they're very cool. Uh, but they definitely make very distinct, different wines than sweet our wines. Well, not even just sweet, but like the 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 climate up there is real. It gets real cold in the winter mm-hmm. and really snowy, and so it's just a very different growing environment than California or Washington State. So you're going to get really, really different types of wine out of New York, which is kind of cool. But they make some really beautiful stuff. Mm -hmm. So don't don't pass it off. Don't Arbor miss it off. All right. Shall we crack? (laughs) Yeah. Good Lord. You mean it's not a pop? Oh, what? (laughs) Oh. Oh, I can smell Classy it. Classy crack. Guys, the nose on this. Oh. Let me tell you. It's bringing back a lot of memories. A lot of memories are <laughs> flubbing right in to my brain. Those memories are rising in my throat oh. right now. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, while uh, you enjoy that Arbor Mist, Lucy, what is our background and maybe psych for campus crimes? I want to put ice and Sprite in this. <laughs> Just water it the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we won't have Arbor Mist as a sponsor anytime soon. I think that's okay. I think that is just fine. (laughs) That's one I can let go. Okay. Campus. You know I like to start with etymology. Yes. (laughs) 
Campus Corpus. usually refers to the grounds of a college or university, but can also refer to some other institution like a hospital, library, or school. Correct. Hmm. Interesting tidbit, the word comes from Latin for field and was first used in this academic context in 1774 to describe the field between what is now Princeton University, formerly the College of New Jersey, <laughs> from the neighboring town. Glad they uh, no updated the name on that. No information on what... Yeah. What? I'm glad they updated the name of Princeton. Yeah. <laughs> College of New Jersey doesn't command the same gravitas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, what a different world we'd live in today had they not changed that name. Mm-hmm. Kavanaugh would uh, not the be idea on the of a campus. <laughs> the idea of a campus relates to the idea of an area where students and professors can interact together in a cloistered environment. I pretty much just wanted to use the word cloistered. Yep, nailed it. <laughs> Hate it. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, in 2015 there were approximately... 27,500 criminal incidents against person and property on campus at all public and private two- and four-year post-secondary institutions that were reported to authorities. Yeah. He, emphasis on were reported. Yeah. Correct. This was an increase of 2% from 2014. So of those 27,500, about 45% were burglaries. 29% 29% forcible sex offenses, Good which God. were later categorized into, like, rape penetration and, like, unwanted fondling. Why don't we just call them sex offenses? They, just statistically, they later split those into two things. Mm. All right, but the... F- but 29% of these 27,000 were forcible sex offenses Great. in this study. Great. And 12% motor vehicle theft. And we've also got some smaller numbers of aggravated assault and robberies. And just so you know, robbery is the taking of property that involves person-to-person interaction with force, intimidation, and or coercion. Mm -hmm. Whereas burglary is the entering of a building or residence with the intention to commit a theft or any felonious crime does not necessarily require that property be stolen or that person-to-person interaction occur. I had to Google it because I wasn't sure. Right, so robberies is based, like, broadly speaking, robberies is when the person's home and burglary is like... It's like a hold-up. A robbery is like a hold-up. Yeah, and burglary is like just taking shit. Intimidation factor, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, the number of on-campus crimes reported in 2015 was lower than the number reported in 2001 for every category except forcible sex offenses and murder. Great. Okay, so just so just the big are ones up. are going up. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Or at least reporting is going up. But fewer Honda Civics are being stolen out of parking lot C. Good. Yeah, so because nobody Good. wants to deal with having a car. Take public transport. Mm-hmm. The number of reported forcible sex offenses on campus increased from 2,200, so 2,200 in 2001, to 8,000 in 215. <laughs> that is a 262% increase. Holy buckets. <clears throat> right. 
Hate crimes on campus increased by 25% from just 2015 to 2016. <gasps> Wonder what that factor could have been. Very they curious. Hate crimes increased 25% in one year? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Show did. Oh, my God. Presidential people. emboldening of bigots. Oh, my God, mm-hmm. people. <clears throat> Okay, so this next part refers to high school-aged students, or this report was uh, students aged 12 through 18, so middle and high school. Okay. Okay. According to a recent youth risk behavior report, 5% of students reported carrying a weapon onto school property within the last 30 days. Jesus. Horrifying. That's a lot. (laughs) Boys were more likely than girls to carry a gun on campus. Not surprising. Of this group, um, of that, let's see, well, whatever. I'm just reading, this doesn't totally make sense, but. Of this group, white males make up 8%, Hispanic males 7%, and black males 5%. Of male students threatened with a weapon, 6% were white and 9% were black or Hispanic. So we can see that sort of. I don't know. I feel like those statistics are kind of telling on who's bringing weapons and who's threatening who. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Girls were more likely than boys to not attend class due to safety concerns. Mm -hmm. And one in four girls have been bullied in school versus one in five boys. 22% of students have bought or sold or been offered drugs on campus, which I feel is kind of low. That's definitely low. (laughs) Unreported. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I do have a little bit of psychology for us here. According to a recent report by the American Psychological Association, one in three first-year students from eight industrialized nations around the world report symptoms consistent with a diagnosable mental health disorder. This is at the university level? One in three freshmen. University freshmen? Yes. Mm Which I also feel is kind of low. One in three. I mean, it it can be very hard to self-report and, like, seek mental health help at that age. Like, I definitely was having crazy off-the-charts anxiety freshman year of college, but never Mm -hmm. knew that's what it was. I just knew that, like, I had such severe acid reflux out of nowhere overnight for six months that I, like had to sleep sitting up. You know what I mean? But I didn't... Well, self-reporting is one thing, but this does not necessarily include people who went and got help for it. Mm -hmm. This is just, I assume, Mm -hmm. self-reporting. Major depressive disorder was number one, followed by generalized anxiety disorder. Hey! Hey (laughs) oh Shout out. Um, Butt plugs. (laughs) Suicide clusters on campuses have been increasingly common, and researchers point to a couple different factors for these, for this possibilities for that cause. Um, could be high academic standards, um, which there's a lot of interesting information about how that's generational, how we go from like World War II grandparents to baby boomer parents who were basically like spoon-fed success. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then they expect each generation to get better just because that's how the last couple generations for them have been and then we had a recession and it's bullshit and student loans and whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um 
They also point to social media exaggerations, like, you know, look how great my life is. Right. Yeah, everybody oh, else Look looks... how horrible my actual life is. Yeah, right. yeah everybody looks I was just talking perfect. about this with one of our close friends last night, how just, like, social media is so... Yeah. Skewed. <laughs> skewed. It's so skewed. Haven't there been studies where, like, people that spend more time on Facebook every week report, like, higher levels of depression if i don't i mean that has to be a statistic that has to be a fact because <laughs> if it's not a fact and all of these people's social media lives are actually perfect i what is the point yeah <laughs> have you guys seen the movie ingrid goes west no, no. with audrey plaza oh my gosh isn't it it's aubrey really plaza what did i say memories memory <laughs> The girl with the stony glare. Aubrey mm-hmm. Plaza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Her. Um, yeah. It's all about like social media presentation. And then she gets obsessed with this girl whose life she thinks is perfect. Cause she's like super Coachella ish and Blech. she gets obsessed. It's really good. Mm, girls. What is it? Girl gone West. Girls gone wild. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, I've That's seen internalized. It, but I okay. really got a different takeaway. Um, <laughs> it's called Ingrid Goes West. Ingrid Goes West. Okay. Slightly I'm just different text you film. That name so you don't Google, Google Girls Gone looking Wild for something else. <laughs> She's just searching through Amazon Play Girls Gone Wild. Girls Gone Wild. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. No hits. So yeah. weird. No. But Lucy said. But probably Audrey Plaza. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. And then the last thing is the idea that we don't teach children and young adults these days to mitigate emotions surrounding perceived failures. Accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because we're all special. We shouldn't be failing. Mm-hmm. We should own a house. Don't. Okay. Don't if even If I could ever me. own a house, that would be... Ridiculous. Yeah. That is a goal I might uh, never achieve. Samers, okay. you're closer than me. At least you've got a moderately dual income. Okay. <laughs> Let's not talk Moving about on. my student loans. Okay. From a 2002 paper titled Epidemiology of Alcohol and Other Drug Use Among American College Students by Patrick O'Malley. Approximately two in five students are heavy drinkers, meaning that they've had five or more drinks, quote, in a row, which I just assume is like standard definition for binge drinking, mm-hmm. um, in the past two weeks. Slash so, four out of five students. Yeah. I was going to say two in five. Five also, out of five mm-hmm. students. <laughs> Alcohol use is higher among men than women and higher among white students. Black students are have the lowest number of alcohol use uh alcohol use is more common among college students as opposed to non-college students in the same age group but not the case for cigarettes marijuana or cocaine Mm. so like non-college students know what's up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god in in another study they included amphetamine use as being much higher on campus than with non-students of the same group obviously study drugs uh yeah we've all been there people at my college popped those things like fucking tic tacs it was wild (laughs) oh my god my cousin my cousin i will not name names 
but um, she and her friend were studying something, and they're normally, like, kind of party girls, like, you know, not super focused on school, and I... I happened upon them in the cafeteria or the union or something, and they were like, did you know that Napoleon blah, 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 blah. Oh, my like, God. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> Aggressively giving you facts about Napoleon while on speed. <laughs> the War of 1812 was bonkers. It was lit, y'all. <laughs> Buckle in. Um, <laughs> I took the time, the one time that I tried, uh, I don't know, I think it was maybe Ritalin or something, Adderall. One time, oh, that's what Adderall. it was. Adderall. The one time I tried All about it, Adderall. I <laughs> did not. You know, there's like a window of time where you need to like, once it kicks in, you need to be like doing the thing that you're supposed to get done. Otherwise, you're going to be fucked. Sure. Um, yeah. Because you just. The effect of the drug. You just like. What do you mean? Well, because you just like focus on whatever you're doing once it kicks in. Oh, right. You know, right, right. So I missed that window and ended up spending like five hours uh, meticulously organizing my iTunes library instead of writing my essay that was due. Yeah. Not great. Great. Well done. Never did it again. You did it right. You know what's way easier with Adderall? I'm sorry. We're totally plugging the use of Adderall here, but serving tables. (laughs) Wow. No. Way easier on drugs. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. There are children that listen to this. Note to like everyone. Four. They're fine. Do not hire Lucy at your restaurant. <laughs> I really don't ever want to work in a restaurant. Good, again. because they don't want you either. <laughs> yeah, serving can It only be happened your like five or six times. Oh, what? My God. Serving can no longer be your backup career if yeah, the podcast no. goes south. No. It never was. Good. Okay. I have a thousand better backup careers. (laughs) Professional Um, cat petter. (laughs) All of this said, we do not condone the use of Adderall in most situations. And also don't mix it it. with alcohol. Yeah. Don't mix anything. No Mm. mixing. No mixing. Okay. So the last thing I want to talk about is the Clary Act. Did you guys come across this in your research at all? No. Uh, okay. I don't know. Clary. So this is short for the Gene Clary Disclosure of Campus Security Policy and Campus Crime Statistic Act. And Jigajoskapakaza <laughs> doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Wow. So yeah. you we're nailed. going out with you nailed the Clary it. Act. Chikatita <laughs> by ABBA. Yeah, Chikatita. <laughs> Okay, this federal statute was signed in 1990 and requires all colleges and universities that participate in federal financial aid programs to keep and disclose information about crime on and near their campuses. The law is named after a 19-year-old Lehigh University student named Jean Cleary who was raped and murdered by a fellow student named Joseph Henry in their residence hall in 1986. Mm -hmm. Henry was found guilty and sentenced to death. This attack was one of 38 violent crimes on campus oh recorded by the university in a three-year period. Recorded, not reported, because there was no one to report it to. Damn. Necessarily. Her parents sued and won $2 million, saying that they never would have allowed their daughter to attend had they known the university's crime record. Mm-hmm. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents founded the nonprofit group Security on Campus, which is now called the Clary Center, 
providing training and resources for university staff and officials to prevent campus crimes and violence. Mm-hmm. So, good on you, Jean's parents. That's horrible so that sad. happened. Yeah. Um, I want to take a minute to talk about uh, some of the changes that Betsy DeVos is trying to push through uh, Great. in the Department of Education. Basically, uh, increase the leniency uh, for individuals accused of sexual violence on campus um, and Mm -hmm. increased protections for the accused, which means fewer protections for victims. Um, That's all I'm going to say right now, but there are petitions floating around the internet right now. Definitely go and sign your name to let our government know that this is unacceptable and that this is headed in the wrong direction and we need to do more and not less to protect victims of sexual assault on campus. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hear, hear. And college is hard no matter where you go or what you're doing or who you're with, so maybe you could use Talkspace. That's true. If I had had Talkspace uh, in college, I probably wouldn't have had my horrible uh, acid reflux issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I barely had a cell phone in college, so like <laughs> yeah. today's kids have everything they need to access. Yep, a therapist can confirm. I do have Talkspace mm-hmm. in college. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about Talkspace. Let's do it. Talkspace is incredible because all you really need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app, which is what I use. And this means that you can improve your mental health, even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past, because it kind of just exists in your pocket. It's great. Anytime I have an issue or I'm stressed, I can just pull out that Talkspace app talk to my therapist, Emily. Hi, shout out, love you. Um, she has office hours within which she responds to me, but she literally checks on me every day. I couldn't be more comforted by having her on retainer. <laughs> mm-hmm. The Talkspace platform has over 2,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing life's challenges that we all face, whether you're on campus or not. Um, so to match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals and use the code gals to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. So that's promo code gals, G-A-L-S, at Talkspace.com forward slash gals. Treat your brain. Are you ready to try on the most comfortable flat that you've ever worn that you can wear all day, every day? Because seriously, you're never going to want to take them off. I literally wear my Rothy's every single day. Yep. Same. Every on day. Every day. <laughs> on campus. Um, Rothy's is the everyday flat for life on the go. It is stylish, classic, comfortable, and comes in three fashionable styles, the flat, the point, and the loafer. Um, I have the flat, which has like a rounded, classic rounded toe, and mine is in like a cherry red, but I have been eyeing some of the point options for my next... Rothy's mm, Yeah, those are what I Lucy love my yeah. point. They're so yeah. cute. I'm They're so cute. seriously obsessed, and the problem is just that all of the styles are so cute that I want them all. I uh, know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so color and pattern selection is amazing, and they're always updating their lineup. They launch new colors every few weeks, and they sell out constantly. I have my eye on the uh, like leopard print 
pattern? Oh, yes. Of so course cute. you do. Yeah. Um, also, it'll blow your mind that these are made from recycled plastic water bottles because they're seriously the softest shoe you'll put on your feet and you can feel good about wearing them. When I heard that we were going to be doing ads for shoes made from recycled plastic, I was like, great. But actually, these are so I was the only one jazzed about no, it No, I was initially. excited about them being recycled. <laughs> I just didn't expect them to be so soft and comfortable. They're right. literally the mm-hmm. most comfortable shoe I own. I wear them constantly. Yeah. And they're yep. machine My washable. Rothy's, and I got yeah, sweaty feet, yeah. y'all. That's important. Yeah, she does. It's real My Rothy's seeped into my dreams last night and I dreamt that I was walking along this really dirty like bathroom floor and I was like oh I'll just throw them in the wash when I get home. It's amazing. Amazing. I wash mine like every couple weeks and they always come out looking like brand new. It's amazing. So fresh Mm -hmm. and so clean clean. So clearly we love our Rothy's and we know that you will too and right now Rothy's has an amazing deal for our listeners. Use code GALS to get free shipping with no minimum. So again, that's free shipping and free returns or exchanges on your Rothy's shoe. And trust me, you won't return them unless you order the wrong size by accident, in which case they will you will have another pair within days. Mm-hmm. It's so fast. So go to rothys.com, that's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com, and enter code GALS, G-A-L-S, to get your cute shoes and free shipping. This is a no-brainer. Yeah. These are shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable, my favorite part, and free shipping. So get on it. Go get yourself a pair today. Rothys.com, promo code GALS. Get this deal while it lasts. Treat your feet. Treat, Treat your feet. <laughs> Drink up some of that Arbor Mist, gals, because no, no. my case is gruesome. Ever since last week's episode, a big part of my self-care has become, like, researching lizards that I can buy. <laughs> <laughs> so I have undergroundreptiles.com open. Oh, no. Enjoy. So I can You know those are all just smuggled skinks. No, this one's really cool, actually. Mexican alligator word- lizard. The word underground gives me pause. Yeah. Listen. Is this the dark web? For I'm just, just fat browsing. I'm the just browsing for lizards. <laughs> there are oh some real cute lizards on here. So I'm going to be over here calming myself with adorable panther skinks. and leopard geckos and skinks while you ruin everyone's lives. With I'm your gonna case. color. <laughs> I will. Also, Enjoy. Kenyon, I'm starting to think that you just copy and paste. My case is gruesome, y'all. Every week. From week to week into your notes. <laughs> I might. Ooh. You have like a template. I'm buying a chameleon. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> so, Wisconsin, 1968. Wisconsin. 18-year-old Christine Rothschild was a freshman co-ed, because it's the 60s, um, at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Okay, mm. I already hate it. <laughs> she gr- it's a fun school, though, I'll say. <laughs> she, I don't think I've ever been to Madison, actually. Oh, it's really fun. All right, she'd grown up in Chicago and uh, was known to be a happy and easygoing person. But at some point during her freshman year, Christine realized that someone was stalking her. Okay. She felt constantly watched as she studied in the library. Someone was lying in wait outside of her Anne Emery Hall dorm window. 
Oh my God. Yep. Jesus. Someone was making repeat creepy anonymous phone calls to her. Great. I'm, ass- I'm assuming, like, she must have had a phone in her dorm room or at least in her, like, hall that was shared. Um, yeah. There was even evidence that someone had broken into her dorm room but hadn't stolen anything. Ooh, which is like just smelled her dirty clothes. Yeah, which is just like extra creepy. It's like, please take something because otherwise this is just the worst. Oh mm-hmm. God. <laughs> Slash they might still be in the yeah. room. Stop yeah. it. They're hiding behind the wall. There's a Stop. Fake wall. Stop. Oh my God. Oh my Lucy. <laughs> well, I have paranoia. You're it's fired fine. from the show. <laughs> I have fired I you so fired many times. De- <laughs> <laughs> I can't be fired for being too creepy. It's literally my job. It's your at this job point. description. Okay. Christine took safety precautions like avoiding leaving her dorm at night and locking her room's door and windows, which wasn't very commonplace back then to actually lock shit, but she did. Oh my God. Um, she also told her best friend Linda Tomazuski. Nailed it. And you did. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm guessing I have no idea. And uh, informed campus security, Camp Poe, about her suspicions. But okay. they were not too helpful. I'm and, shocked. Yeah. In fact, Camp Poe did nothing except advise her to, quote, buy a whistle. Stop. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, Christine Rothschild was murdered four days later. Uh. Yep. Of course. Whistle in her mouth, because it didn't do shit. Uh Uh-huh. Yep, that was their advice, and then she was dead within the week. Okay. Uh Mm-hmm. On the morning of Sunday, May 26th, 1968, Christine Rothschild followed her normal routine and headed to church... Hmm. Honey. The fact that someone could be a freshman in college and go to church on Sunday is like baffling to me because I'm a heathen, but also like very heartwarming. (laughs) Um, But fellow churchgoers reported that the young woman never arrived that day. So she left her dorm in the morning, Mm -hmm. like in the morning, not at night, and then never made it to church. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Poor honey. May 26th was just three days before the end of the spring term, and the campus was already mostly cleared out, and so things were, like, almost eerily quiet. It wasn't, like, a normal uh, weekend, you know. Mm -hmm. First of all, also, it's a Sunday morning, so people, not that many people are up and awake, but then also most of the students had already left, had already, like, done their final exams or whatever, Um, so things were quiet. There weren't that many people walking around like to be witnesses basically. Mm -hmm. But on this day, quote, this is why I chose this case was this quote, a, a family from the nearby town of Waukesha pulled its station wagon onto the private winding roads of the UW property as part of a usual Sunday drive. In the late 1960s, it was apparently something of a Wisconsin state pastime to load the family into the car on a rainy spring Sunday to tour the local campuses. 
Aww. That sounds so fucking boring. <laughs> Lacrosse, Whitewater, and of course Madison. In order to take leaf peeping. Fun. Yeah, I like it. Literally leaf peeping. In order to take in the architecture and the landscaping. Oh my yeah. god, no. They're pretty campuses. No. All right, I'm into this. You're gonna load your kids, load the whole family. Into my the cats. fucking car. Load my cats. <laughs> Load your cats into their car seats and drive around <laughs> the fucking campuses. Not even in the fall to leaf peep, but in the spring. They love classical architecture. I don't know how you're raising your pets, but. <laughs> All right. Josie is more into Georgian architecture, but anyway. Um, as the family's car. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am just removing myself. She's more of an 18th century gal. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> As the family's car passed the Sterling Hall building at the Madison campus, the little boy in the back seat said that he saw Mommy, a I hate this. Please, look, can we go do something fun? <laughs> we do. He saw a corpse. Chill out. <laughs> Fucking I'm just else. improvising what the kid would actually say. Well, it would make that drive a lot more interesting to like happen across a body. Lockers. Well, he piped up and told his parents that he saw a mannequin <laughs> in the grass. It's never a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. Until it is, because I had that practical joke played on me. <laughs> A couple months oh, ago. Oh, right. Yeah, but usually it's not. 99.9% .9 of the time it's not. Yeah, I'm you so got excited like, to uncover a skeleton. That was really rude. I cannot I believe they took know, that honey. away from you. Okay, so the boys' parents dismissed the comment, probably because they just wanted their kids to shut up in the back seat and look at the columns. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> they dismissed it as just a child's imagination acting up. They did not go investigate the bushes. Four, Always investigate the bushes. Mm. <laughs> Four hours later. That'll be my family's pastime. <laughs> investigating Driving bushes. around investigating bushes on college campuses in Wisconsin. Do you see anything? Do you see any feet? Okay. <laughs> One of those days you'll get lucky. I think it's great that you're giving your children so much fodder for therapy later in life. Mm -hmm. Talk space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talk space. Yeah. We're keeping them in business. <laughs> Four hours later, another passerby, Phil Van Valkenberg, uh, a senior science student using a shortcut to get to his work in the basement of Sterling Hall as a lab assistant, literally stumbled onto Christine Rothschild's dead body. Oh, my God. How long later? Four hours later. How so, so she'd only been there for, like, a day? She had... Um, this was around 7 p.m. Some reports oh. said 4 p.m., but uh, she was likely killed that morning before 10 a.m. Got it. So it was the gotcha. same day. But he was, like, he basically, like, jumped from the staircase down into some bushes to, like, go around to this back window to get into the lab. And it, w it had been raining, and he literally slipped and fell on top of Christine's dead body. Good Lord. Yeah. Yikes. Um, Phil immediately found a telephone and called police to the scene, uh, but the people that were first sent were campus security, not actual, like, Madison PD. 
Um, they were like, well, she should have gotten a whistle. <laughs> I <laughs> recommend we solve this with a whistle. <laughs> God. <laughs> Fucking patriarchy. Um, so the killing was brutal and savage. Both sides of Christine's head had been struck by a blunt object. Her jaw was shattered on both sides, and her face was, Ooh. quote, pulverized. Oh, my God. Um, and the only silver lining here, if you can even call it that, um, is that the authorities believe that this first blow would have incapacitated her and, like, knocked her out cold. Um, so she probably didn't feel anything that came next, which I will get into. Um, Christine had been stabbed 14 times in the torso with a surgical scalpel. Um, so at first the police report just said like some, some medical object was like, wow, very specific. But later it was like, okay, this is a surgical scalpel. So scalpels aren't that long, right? No. They're just like an inch or two long. But they're extremely sharp. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah, picturing but... as well, yeah. Hmm. Um, but she was already knocked out when she was stabbed. Right. Yeah. I would I'm just saying, like, if you were going to kill someone with a scalpel, probably stabbing them in the torso isn't gonna do a lot. I but... think she might have died from the blow to the head. I don't actually know right, for right. sure. But yeah. Um, her dead body had then been elaborately posed by the killer in, quote, a grotesque tableau that had been... Hate caref- it. Yeah, how, ugh. That had been carefully arranged to provide a very specific message once found. Not that we, like... Oh, my God. Not that we, like, know what that message is, but it was, like, ultra-posed. So here are all the things that were going on. An expensive men's handkerchief was placed beneath her face. Like, uh, under her... Was she lying? Yes. Okay, she's lying down She's then. lying down, I think, on her back. Okay. Um, a broken umbrella was sticking out of the ground next to the body. Okay. After death, the murderer fastened a... Uh, I never know how to say this. Garot? Garrett? I think it's tomato, tomato, but I usually hear Garrett. Garrett, or slipknot around her neck, which had been fashioned from the lining of Christine's trench coat. So he took her coat and ripped the lining out and made a slipknot around her neck with it after she was already dead. Like, it was just... So he clearly had a lot of time to set this up. Seems like it, but her body was found in the bushes next to the entrance of, like, a busy university building right this is weird yeah um perhaps most dramatically a pair of her own gloves had been shoved down her throat oh i hate that yeah interestingly there were no signs of sexual assault christine was still fully clothed she was wearing a blue dress black boots and a beige coat which would still be highly fashionable today Mm-hmm. Um, and there were no drag marks where her body was found, suggesting that she may have gone there on her own, like two feet, possibly coerced by the attacker. Maybe he had a weapon or a gun or something. He definitely had the scalpel, but I don't know if that would have been enough. 
Um, mm-hmm. So they speculate that he might have had a gun. Or it was someone that she knew. Or it was someone that she knew, but... She, I mean, she was led into the bushes. Right. Um, or she might have been carried. Uh, but there were no drag marks. Um, you know what would get me into the bushes real quick? A cat? By a stranger? Yeah. A, yeah. Oh, there's a fat cat. There's a sick kitten in here. Yeah. <laughs> You'd, you'd be a goner. He needs you to cuddle him. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my Amazing. God. Mine would be craft. me in the bushes every time. Craft Parmesan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Just lead a little trail. <laughs> the Reese's Pieces from E.T. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Uh, the campus police and then later the actual police Totally fucked up the crime scene. As um, per usual. Yeah. It was yeah. very clear that Christine was dead, uh, you know, when she was discovered. So there wasn't, there wasn't like a, oh, you know, she still has a pulse. Like, we need to do everything we can to save her. Trample over the crime scene. They just, like, didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Um, so trampled all over everything. It had rained. Uh, so, like, all of their footprints made, you know, impressions in the mud and destroyed if there had been any other footprints there. Um, they called paramedics, and they, like, completely trampled over the crime scene. They literally picked up Christine's body without... They didn't even need to. They hadn't taken photos yet. They picked up Christine's body and literally threw her in a heap in the back of the ambulance. No. What the fuck? Yep. No. What the fuck? No. Uh, what's it called? What's the bed carrying thing? Stretcher? Stretcher. No stretcher. No, like, not even, like, wrapped in, like, a cloth. So, like, any evidence, any, like, contact evidence that would have been on her got completely fucked up by, like, whatever was on the floor of that ambulance. Were they trying to totally fuck this up on purpose? I mean, it was 1968, so they just didn't know a lot, and obviously DNA testing didn't exist yet. So they just didn't know a lot. But some things... It's just disrespectful. Yeah, oh, throwing her in the back of an ambulance? Yeah. I mean, forensic evidence is one thing, but that's really fucking shitty. That's really, really fucking shitty. I don't know what the excuse was for that. I have no idea. I don't know. It's fucked also, up. Also, you know what else would get me into the bushes? <laughs> okay. <laughs> if someone were to say, there's a grotesque tableau. <laughs> yeah. Accurate. <laughs> yeah, that would get all three of us into the bushes. For sure. <laughs> it's not. We are not good people. Follow the grotesque tableau. Tableau. Oh, my God. That'll be our next podcast. Gossip at yep. the corpse cart and grotesque tableau. Grotesque tableau. <laughs> okay. Here for it. Oh. Um, I'm shopping for turtles now. Oh Carry my, on. Oh, my God. Okay. Should I be shopping? <laughs> Can coloring. anyone be listening? Okay. I'm listening. I'm also <laughs> comforting myself. <laughs> Self-care. Also, there were other police mistakes. So uh, the <sighs> UW-Madison Police Department and the county sheriff's office lost at least two potentially key pieces of evidence that had been in their care. I don't know what pieces of evidence, but something. Um, and so now it's impossible to conduct modern-day forensic testing on them, so they just... 
disappeared. They just went missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and police may have failed to connect other similar murders in the area in the years following Christine's killing. Okay. Seven other women, all with connections to the university, were killed in Madison between 1968 and 1984 in a series of murders branded the Capital City Killings or the Mad City Murders. Jesus. Of course, many believe that there was a serial killer stalking the women of Madison, Wisconsin for decades who was never caught. And some people point to uh, this guy who was a convicted serial killer named William Floyd Zamastil. William Hung. <laughs> Floyd. Anyone with the middle name Floyd. Ugh. William Hung. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about him. Never forget. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm moving on. Who is American Idol? Get with it. Yeah, where have you been all of 2002? <laughs> Snorting Adderall at college. Duh. Uh, we were not in college yet. We deaf weren't. Okay. Oh, that's true. All right. Time. So they think it's maybe this convicted serial killer, William Floyd Zamastil, who is still considered a person of interest in Christine's case. Um, Zamastil is currently serving a life sentence for the 1978 murder and rape of a Madison woman. And he's also been indicted for the 1973 murder and rape of a woman from Arizona. Where do people find the time? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? For real. Your time management is astonishing. Teach it's, me. <laughs> it's really amazing. Like, I can barely, like, get groceries, feed myself, yeah. like, work. Walk the dog. In a day. I'm not yeah, even mad. I'm just impressed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean. All right. Uh, Zamastil was living in Madison at the time of Christine's murder. Zamastil sounds like a heart medication. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> just Do not Side take Zamastil if you. <laughs> oh, my God. I heard one the other day that's like, do not take Zytrex if you are allergic to Zytrex. Yes, that's yeah. on all of them now. Okay. <laughs> Coffee may be hot. Okay. Hey, that case is fucked up, and we it should is, go into that sometime. Because that up. coffee was real It hot. was like her legs were melted off. Like, okay, it was yeah. beyond. People made fun of that, but, like, did not know the actual damage that that poor woman had received. I think we did mm -hmm. talk about this on a case. Yeah. She's, like, right. permanently disabled now because okay. of that coffee. Okay, it was yeah. a joke, It's bad. <laughs> okay, so Zama still was living in Madison at the time, but... He was only 16 years old when Christine was murdered. So, Don't take Zamastil if you're under 18. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are thinking about murdering a woman or have murdered a woman. <laughs> or are breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So this doesn't rule him out, the fact that he was 16, because Christine, the victim, was only 18. Mm -hmm. Um. So it's still possible that he did it, but it does cast doubt on his involvement um, because that's just a little bit young to be murdering people and creating such gruesome tableaus. Yeah, <laughs> grotesque tableaus. Um, oh, right. Also, uh, his M.O. was very different. So Zama still raped and shot his victims, and then he also took their bodies very far from the scene of the crime to be dumped. 
Um, so his entire MO is basically the exact opposite of what took place in Christine's case. Okay. Um, so Gotta throw him off some here and there, you know? Well, people are saying, well, it could have been his first murder, so it would be different, but, like, elaborately posing the body doesn't really seem like the work of, like, a first-time teenage murder. I just don't think he did it. I think he's a disgusting, yeah. disgusting person and a convicted rapist and murderer, but I don't think he's he did this particular crime. Also, a scalpel would be an odd weapon for a 16-year-old for their first murder. Uh, yeah, we will get into the scalpel. Oh, scalpel. Oh. Um, which is a really good uh, Scrabble word, by the way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, author of the book Mad City, the true story of the campus murders that America forgot, which when I was researching my case came up a whole bunch and I was like, ooh, I need to buy this book. But then I looked on Amazon and it has like really atrocious reviews. But whatever. It's an interesting case. Um, so the author, Mike Arntfeld, his theory is that a man named Niels Bjorn Jorgensen uh, was responsible for Christine's murder and that he may have already killed five other people, including his own brother, before Ooh. Uh, killing Christine. So this is all his theory, but I think it has some merit. So Artfield is a true crime author, but he's also an ex-cop and a criminology professor. And he like gets his students in his criminology classes involved in trying to solve real-world cold cases. Um, and so Christine's case is one of the cases that his like class of students took on one semester. Uh-huh. Um, and then he wrote a book about it. So his suspect, Niels Jorgensen, was a resident surgeon oh. uh, at the University oh. of Wisconsin Hospital. Oh. Oh. Oh, my God. In 1968. And the hospital was located across the street from Sterling Hall, oh. where <laughs> Duh. where Christine's body was found. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Acor- I can be done now. According I to can't. Christine's best friend, Linda, it was common for Christine to stop for a smoke break and share a cigarette with Niels outside of this building. So they knew <gasps> each other. In the bushes. Near the bushes. Oh, my God. At the entrance. We've solved the case. Of this building. We did nothing. I'm reporting this man solving this case. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but that Niels may have been posing as a medical student and not a resident surgeon in order to get closer to younger undergraduates like Christine. So he didn't want her to know that he was a lot older than her. Mm-hmm. Linda also claims that this older doctor wanted to date 18-year-old Christine, but that she wasn't interested in him. And that Christine had mentioned to her that she suspected Jorgensen may have been her stalker. Yikes. Well, it makes sense if he already, like, had spoken to her and knew a little bit about her, how to find her to stalk her so thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Had already ha- expressed, Yuck. like, an interest in her, had already been to the scene of the crime with her. Um. After Christine's murder, Niels' behavior was incredibly suspicious. So, again, this is all part of this author's theory. 
uh, Niels was seen cleaning a scalpel at work the next day in such a way that would have removed all DNA evidence. Uh, but I mean... Like with water? <laughs> no, with like bleach and stuff. Mm. But at the same time, he's a surgeon, so I fucking hope that he cleaned his scalpels well. But maybe if right. maybe if he's the surgeon, he's not the one typically cleaning the scalpels. I was scalpels. just going to say that. Just yeah. going to say that. Right. So if you saw him cleaning a scalpel... It might look a little weird. Right. Uh, even more bizarrely, he may have pulled a gun at his work later that same day that Christine was murdered. What the fuck? Totally normal. I... D- <laughs> <laughs> no I don't big know what deal. The problem is. Um, I this couldn't is find any more information about this claim, and I didn't buy the book. So if if anybody has read the book, let us know what the fuck this is about because that seems. What you have you have no more information about him pulling a gun? Nope, that's all I got. Mm, <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, you said to keep the case short. Okay. Jorgensen then... Well, we've already <laughs> breached that parameter. Shut up. <laughs> this is short for me. I'm almost done. Jorgensen then abruptly left town within 72 hours after Christine's body was found, abandoning all of his possessions. That's the Ooh. most suspicious of all of this, to be honest. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he later refused to take a polygraph. Well, he did it. Yep. Um, now, this author, Arntfield, he, his theory is that Jorgensen soups death killed Christine, but, that he, but then he left Madison. So then these other uh, seven killings or six killings had to have been by somebody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because he skipped town, so they. His theory is that the rest of them were done by a copycat or like other, like multiple other killers. Um, well, does he know for a fact that he actually left town, or he made him maybe made it look like he did? I think he. I think he like moved to a different state. Okay, I mean he should have after murdering her, but right. Who knows? Longer term, Christine's friend Linda, who's who's been a big part of like gathering all of this evidence and information, she's she's done a ton of work on this case over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, Linda uncovered the fact that Niels Jorgensen never finished his medical research and continuously would like start working at a university and then very quickly like leave and go somewhere else. Mm, suspicious. Yeah, so he never, like, stayed in one place for very long. He went, um, he creeped, he left. Yeah. She has suspicions that he had killed before, um, and she mentions a murder that had alarming similarity to one that occurred at his um, alma mater a year prior to Christine's death. Mm-hmm. So apparently there was a murder at his alma mater one year before Christine's death that was very similar. Um, another grotesque tableau. Another grotesque tableau. That's all I know. I really should have bought this book, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> Linda, okay, this is a quote. Linda worked in the remaining years to alert to, to alert anyone to Niels's whereabouts, particularly when he was close to universities. She didn't want anyone else to fall prey to Niels Bjorn Jorgensen. Mm. And perhaps most badass of all, 
For many years, Linda sent Jorgensen a card on Valentine's Day. <gasps> oh, my God. Ew. As a, quote, grim reminder of what he'd done. And, oh. to, sh- and <gasps> to show that she was keeping tabs on him. How fucking badass is that? Being like... I would do that for you guys. Thank you. Let's all vow to do that if any one of us is murdered. Good Lord. Okay. And we have, like, the slightest suspicion of who did it. Yeah. You can yes. send out a bunch <laughs> of cards. Be like, you're on my list. It's just a giant <laughs> holiday list. list. Serve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stamps.com. Um. <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that got her. It was good. Yep. It was good. We're, we're there. Okay, so today, over 50 years after Christine Rothschild's murder, and still no suspects have ever been arrested for the crime. Wow, that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my case. Well done. Thank you. If you're a listener of this show, which you are... <laughs> <laughs> You've heard us talk about Framebridge. Framebridge makes it ridiculously easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things from art prints and posters to the photos on your phone. So cool. Now with the holidays fast approaching, Framebridge is the easiest way to send truly one-of-a-kind gifts to everyone on your list. Here's how it works. You just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in any frame style, choose your favorite, or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The expert team at Framebridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece straight to you or wherever you need it. And a completely handmade, personalized gift from Framebridge starts at $39. It's delivered within days, and all the shipping is free. Plus, our listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use our code GALS. I've given Framebridge as a gift because I've covered every single one of my own walls with a Framebridge framed piece, Correct. so I had to spread the love. <laughs> um, I gave uh, a framed piece to my mother, and she absolutely loved it. I think it was probably the best gift I've ever given her because the woman has enough scarves. Correct. Um, so she <laughs> turquoise rings. Yeah. So she super loved it, and we got to pick out uh, the frame that she wanted for her particular physical piece together. And it was like a bonding moment, and it was a really great gift. So definitely give it a shot, you guys. It's perfect for literally anyone on your list. So with just a few taps on your phone, Framebridge lets you create a one-of-a-kind gift that will win Christmas. It's all a competition, y'all. Win Christmas. <laughs> Um, and make someone happy for years to come. Side side benefit. Um, go to framebridge.com and use promo code GALS, G-A-L-S. You'll save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code GALS. Again, framebridge.com, promo code GALS. Treat your loved ones. Treat your art. This holiday season, you can get everything you need for you and your loved ones at Me Undies. Mm-hmm. I love Me Undies. We all love Me Undies. Let me say Me Undies one more time. <laughs> Me Undies mm-hmm. uses the coveted micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. Uh-huh. Better believe it, it's true. If you've never felt this fabric, get ready to experience pure bliss <laughs> in underwear form. It is yeah. super soft. Really nice. Yeah. Anytime I wear them, my hand is just down my pants. <laughs> 
so great. It's just, I can't stop feeling up this fabric, y'all. I just um, keep swiveling in my chair, personally. Yeah, rubbing it on your butt. It's great. Mm-hmm. And this year, MeUndies will be releasing a new print every Tuesday. OMG. So that means you'll have no excuse not to celebrate the holidays right down to your very core. <laughs> I personally celebrated Halloween with the jack-o'-lantern print of <laughs> yeah, MeUndies, and I love them, and I literally wore them to ghosts to the Minnesota Zoo and see the, like, five million hand-carved jack-o'-lanterns <laughs> exhibit wearing my jack-o'-lantern underwear, and I was a soap and flashing people so festive <laughs> me undies has a great offer for our listeners for any first time purchasers when you purchase any me undies you get 15% off and free shipping so this is a no brainer get 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on to get 15% off your first pair free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com forward slash gals g-a-l-s that's meundies.com slash gals. Treat your nethers. Treat your Treat butt. Your butt. <laughs> Over here at Wine and Crime, we are not exclusively wine drinkers. We also love our beer. Uh, mm. And Hopsy is the Nespresso for beer or even the Keurig for beer. Hopsy brings beer on tap to the comfort of your own home without the price tag many beer drinkers have come to expect. So you can have your own beer bar at home with The Sub, a countertop appliance that fits neatly in your kitchen, bar, or living room. Mm -hmm. I love it. As the holidays draw near, everybody has that one person who is impossible to shop for. Mm -hmm. Is it really just one? My husband. Everyone. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Often that hard-to-please person is a husband (gasps) or boyfriend. Nailed it. Hopsy offers the perfect gift for the guy in your life who has it all. Might I mention this is great for women, too. And mm. everyone in between. Yeah. So why fight the lines at the mall or rack your brain searching the internet for the perfect gift when you can just give the gift of beer fresh from the tap with Hopsy? So brilliant. So I tried it. Over Thanksgiving, with all of my relatives in town, we hosted Thanksgiving. It was kind of a nightmare, but, you know, at least we had the beer taken care of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had a pretty good selection of beers, and, like, everyone had fun, you know, trying them out. All the different flavors. It was really great. It tastes so much better when it's fresh from a tap. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it's also just sitting right on your counter. It's fun. It's like a it's like a party game, almost. And it you doesn't know, take how much beer can you drink? fridge space if you have a lot in your fridge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very convenient. Like for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. It tastes great. It's not, It you, like, you're, like you said, doesn't take up a lot of counter space, and it's just better than in beer from a can. Really, really liked it. It was a hit. Heard that. So, to get the same amazing experience, go to tryhopsy.com forward slash gals and use promo code gals to get the sub home draft machine Two mini kegs of beer, which is equivalent to two six-packs, two Hopsy glasses, and a free membership in the monthly beer club for $99. Mm-hmm. Terms and conditions do apply. Again, that's Hopsy, H-O-P-S-Y, and you go to tryhopsy.com forward slash gals and use the promo code gals to get that sub-home draft machine, two mini kegs of beer, two Hopsy glasses, and a free membership in the monthly beer club for $99. Treat your beer gut. Mm-hmm. All right, are we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm afraid. Well, don't be afraid, because it's really... I mean, it's bad, <laughs> but it's not as... 
It's not a, what was it, grotesque tableau. <laughs> yeah, okay. So at least there's that. Um, and this was actually picked by our sweet fan nose picker. So I hope I do it justice for you. Mm. Um, I would consider this a cautionary tale to never trust white boys with dreads. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's do just we, how do I'm Do we even this. need a cautionary tale to know that? Uh, apparently we do, because I'm still seeing them in the wild way too uh, often. Yeah. Like, y'all, stop it. Um, Abraham James Shorey, a.k.a. the College Town Creeper, was one such white boy. Oh, great. Great name. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The 23-year-old father of six (gasps) went over, I know, again, where do you find the time? Like, where? (laughs) These people need to give a seminar on time management. I need the skills. Well, he doesn't need to comb his hair. (laughs) True. That takes out several minutes a day. Yeah. Um, went over a year creeping on college girls undetected starting in 2003 in Ithaca, New York, home of the prestigious Ivy League school Cornell. Ever heard of Didn't it? Didn't your parents go there? They did. Hashtag Andy Bernard. Hashtag here comes trouble. <laughs> um, broccoli Rob. Sh- broccoli Rob. Boner champ. <laughs> Um, Shori had been living in the area for several years with his family, working as a cook at a local restaurant called The Nines. They make pizzas. Um, He knew the area like the back of his hand. According to reports, incidents began with Shori peering into the windows of female college students, hoping to get a glimpse of something exciting. Mm. And let us not forget the Peeping Toms episode and talking about Kenyon's case and Lucy's background in psych and how often all of this behavior escalates into something much worse. So we should mm-hmm. take it seriously from seriously. the jump. Yeah, but, you know, let's just get a whistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get a whistle. Um, well, this did escalate. Voyeurism just wasn't, you know, enough. It proved too tempting. For some of them. <laughs> For some of them. And soon he began breaking into co-ed's homes to get a closer look. Starting in early 2004, Shori develops the charming habit of breaking into young women's apartments and watching them sleep. Mm -hmm. Hate it. Christ. I know. Mm -hmm. I hate it. In one of the last reported incidents linked to the creeper, he entered the home of a young Cornell student as she slept, cut off her clothes, (gasps) and poured baby oil all over her. Yeah. I know. I know. That is the it's grossest the thing worst. I've heard on this podcast to date. Yeah, it's up there. Top I five. I don't know. We've heard some gross shit. Uh, Top five. Oh, baby oil. Baby oil. Oh. Yeah. Uh, students were obviously fed up with the year of living in fear that this sick fuck would keep targeting women on campus, and the campus po and local police were not taking it as seriously as they would have hoped, obviously. Mm-hmm. Campus-wide protests erupted, demanding the administration and local police actually fucking show up and do what they have to do to get this shit under control. Mm-hmm. In October of 2004, Shori was arrested for an unrelated offense, but in the process was linked to the string of incidents. Without solid evidence to this, however, he was able to post bail. So there wasn't, like, forensic evidence that could put him there. Mm-hmm. It's like someone kind of recognized him, but that was it. Okay. Mm-hmm. He fled the state and was spotted all over the country in various places, including Oregon and Florida. He managed to avoid arrest along the way by using fake IDs, but he couldn't hold back his urge to be a complete fuckboy for long. Mm -hmm. 
Shori was arrested and pled guilty in San Diego, California to assault with intent to commit rape on an ocean beach woman in 2005. Um, DNA found at the scene was eventually linked to the New York assaults. On August 7, 2005, a 20-year-old be- ocean beach woman awoke in her bedroom to find that a man in a ski mask had climbed into bed with oh her. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He put his hand over her mouth and she bit him, drawing blood. Yes, mm-hmm. fucking queen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he fled, but left behind incriminating DNA evidence. The blood was analyzed, and Shori turned up as a match. Mm-hmm. Shori had been profiled on America's Most Wanted several times, and tips had poured into police saying that he'd been spotted in San Diego. Frustratingly, he had been stopped in Chula Vista weeks earlier for driving without a license. The officer had issued him a ticket, and he was fingerprinted and at the local station, but had used a fake ID and was released before fingerprint analysis showed a connection to the crimes in Ithaca. So they had him, like, a couple times for these weird, Ugh. dumb little offenses, but he got he weaseled his way out of it with fake identities. Ugh. The system is slow and broken. Um, after being charged for his indiscretions in California, he was extradited back to New York to face the music of, on the multitude of creeper charges. In an interview at his Brooktondale home, Shory told the son that he was not the creeper and that the uh, Ithaca PD was simply trying to pin the blame on someone. Mm-hmm. Sure. Quote, I've, quote, I've been at the wrong place at the wrong time. He said. 34 times. Exactly. <laughs> there were at least 20 incidents in Ithaca and then like, him just going all over the country being a fucking creep. Uh. His wife, Lisa Lake, yes, <laughs> Lake and Shory. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's oh, when no. you don't hyphenate. I'm a big fan of the I, hyphenate, but... Lake Shory. Lake Shory, no. <laughs> and their child, Boat. <laughs> oh, probably. They're like... Pontoon. I'm not a... Pontu and Lake Shore. I'm not against the like hippie culture, but these two are a little too much for me. Too much. Um, she said Shori was innocent and was the victim of a media and police force that desperately wanted a perpetrator for the 13-month string of unsolved intrusions and harassments that have had the IPD frustrated and college town students uneasy. Yeah. Quote, he's not an aggressive person, Lake said. Abe does not even fit the description of the creeper. Okay. This is my favorite part. Denial. I- my favorite part. <laughs> He doesn't even fit the description, she says. She said that the description given usually has the intruder with a ponytail, which Shori does not have. (laughs) And if you look at photos of him, you can go to the blog. His, like, mug shot for when he was arrested, his dreads are long. He easily could have pulled his hair back to commit these crimes. Thousand percent. But that's why he couldn't possibly be Because of a non-permanent hairstyle well because the creeper has a ponytail and he never wears a ponytail yeah the creeper Mm. has a bracelet and he doesn't always wear a bracelet wear a bracelet so it can't be him uh police chief lauren singer says shory had confessed to a string of related trespassings and the department was quote confident that he is the person that is publicly referred to as the college town creeper but the next day, after his arrest, Shori pleaded not guilty to criminal trespassing charges, which could carry a penalty or a fine of up to a year in jail. So it's not like he was really even facing a lot of jail time for the New York stuff, but he still claimed innocence. 
Lake said that Shorey's confession was unrelated to trespassing charges, but was just him participating in, quote, hippie Christmas, an event where some locals go between college town apartments taking student throwaways such as furniture and televisions. I'm all for that. Uh, I'm all for that, taking college kids' old shit that they threw out, but not... Breaking into someone's room, cutting their clothes off of them while wearing a ski mask and pouring baby oil all over them. Slightly different. Yeah, not so much. A little bit and different. I think that is not a sanctioned activity of hippie Christmas. <laughs> not without consent, anyway. That's more of a Friendsgiving. Yeah, yeah. Let's save the baby oil for Friendsgiving. Uh, quote, he's being accused of all these things he hasn't done, Lake says. The creeper needs to be known, and it's not Abe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. So, he did plead guilty to his crimes in California, but not his crimes in New York. He was sentenced to jail in California and was released from prison in 2012. The crimes for which Shorey was serving the sentence in California were more serious than the crimes he was charged with in New York. And after Shorey was arrested in 2006, Tompkins County District Attorney Gwen Wilkinson stated, quote, I fully intend to hold Abraham Shorey accountable for any crimes he's committed in New York State. If Abe Shorey is guilty, he will go to prison in New York. It's just a matter of when. Mm -hmm. However... Over the lapse of time between his indictment in 2004 and his capture two years later, the case against Shorey grew weak. As a fugitive, Shorey had many encounters with law enforcement officials, but evaded the law by providing face, fake identification cards. Quote, we lost key witnesses, which is always devastating, but common, Wilkinson said. Unfortunately, in a college community, victims are often students and they tend to relocate. It's difficult to force someone to come back when they're 3,000 miles away. Call them! Um... Yeah. Do a fucking Skype interview. Jesus. I guess I wonder if for them to like establish a case. Maybe they have to be in they person. Have, they have to be in person and like, especially if they're trying to accumulate witnesses to the fact. Right. You can't Skype into court. Right. No, you have to be there in person. Yeah. So I can, I can understand that portion of it, but it is, it's very frustrating. Yeah. Efforts to locate one of the victims as well as a key witness in the case were not successful. In addition, for many of these cases, peeping or breaking and entering, there was no DNA or other forensic evidence that could firmly implicate Shorey. Mm-hmm. So he finished out his sentence in California and left prison to be a free man again, though is registered as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Doesn't seem like enough justice, seeing as how he clearly showed an escalating pattern of sexual violence against women, all the way to attempted rape, and I don't believe he will stop until he is actually successful personally or just ever but, stop also if can he so does he have like shared custody with his wife of his six children as a sex offender i don't i have no idea i i have not been able to find like there's actually very little out there about this guy i wonder and if, most of the articles were pretty much the same information over and over again and then it's like you google where is abraham shorey now and it's like facebook pages for abraham shorey yeah. obituary for it's yeah. like i can't find we're not I can't find solid stuff investigative journalists um no i just wonder if someone is a registered sex offender but their crimes were against adults if they can if they're still allowed to be around children like their own children right right i don't know i don't know i've never looked into that but you know what I think someone listening might know. Yeah. Somebody, we got a lot and of listeners. I would welcome that email. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I would welcome know. that email with open arms. Cause that's a very good point. I, I have no idea how those things are, you know, yeah. 
are differentiated or if they are. I, I think I think they must be. I think there's probably different levels of registry that fit the offense, but like yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Anyway, that's the College Town Creeper, y'all. College wow. Town Creeper. Ugh. The baby oil. Get a whistle. Ugh. Right? Oh, my God. The fucking worst. I don't know why people think that because a crime takes place on a college campus, the university should deal with it. Like, is is this the fucking Vatican? Is this... Uh, no, I know. It should, be, it should be a combination of factors. Absolutely, local and state police should get involved in stuff like this. And absolutely, campus should take measures to increase security like it's a it's a combination effort yeah but it's not one or the other like it has to be both yeah it has to be and both. i know that it should it should be up to the victims like how they want to pursue justice but like uh, overall uh, safety uh, yeah like uh, it's fucked up it's fucked up and i think that so much of colleges not wanting to take strong action or even really report is about their image yeah, like PR enrollment rates yeah enrollment rates go down and P- they don't want to look like the place where the college creeper hangs out mm-hmm. and so it's easier to ignore the, the issue and not increase security measures so that people aren't like oh well why do you need so much security mm-hmm. why, why you know it was your crime blah 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 it's like fuck that mm-hmm. fuck hence that. the clary act exactly when i was in uh college i forget what year it was but there was like the parent visitors weekend or whatever and I was uh, part of the women's center and part of this group of students and faculty working together to try to like address sexual assault on campus and Mm -hmm. we wore shirts that we had made like that said like ask me about sexual assault on campus um, at the like parents weekend and the administration Mm -hmm. was so pissed. Furious. Yeah they would have rather like we had like done 18 lines of coke and like stolen the camp po golf cart and like driven it into the cafeteria like that would have been less of a response from camp po than us wearing these t-shirts like they were fucking furious oh my god i can see that yeah well that's such bullshit like ah, they should get on board with wanting to i don't know provide a more safe environment but image is all that fucking matters Uh All right, well, special thanks this week to our fan picker, Lisa Nadolny. We used up all of our good puns at the top of the ep, and (laughs) (laughs) now I Nadolny have eyes for you. (laughs) I love it. Uh, Also special thanks to Bryn Fields. I want to spin in the fields of your barley, Bryn. (laughs) Thank you for your $5 a month donation. (laughs) Oh, God, I have to go. Oh, thank you so much to Samantha Buckner. Fuck, you know how to be generous. Thank you oh for your God. five Buckners a month. There we go. <laughs> Amazing. Perfection. Shout out to Terry <laughs> Stafford. Also five bucks a month. <sighs> Staffordshire Terriers yeah. are wonderful dogs. Yeah, there we go. No relation. Terry Nailed is very it. nice to us. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you to Chelsea Rosger. Uh, Rosger, hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that old standby. Uh, okay. 
All right. Thank you. Lois Mayland, who's donating $8 a month. This is this shout out is for your sister, Darcy, who would like to say happy motherfucking birthday. Woo! Woo! Lois has been an incredible support to me, Darcy, <laughs> over the years, and we are basically each other's family. This badass bitch has your back. Also, don't think you need a pronunciation guide, but we are English if you want to go down that road. <laughs> For your geography, Kenyon, we are from Canterbury, nicknamed, nicknamed Canterbury. Incredible. Canterbury. Which is south of Whitsable, nicknamed Shitsable, Shitstable. North of Ashford, nicknamed Trashford. Love it. Like Trashka. And east of Dover, nicknamed Bendover. Love it. Oh my god, this is the greatest <laughs> shout out Darcy instructions ever. I love you both. Bless oh my up. God. I don't know. Is it my turn? Shout out. Yeah. Sarah Walker. Oh, these boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll Walkering. do. <laughs> you walk the walk, Sarah Walker. And you're going to be getting you're a gonna be getting... fucking patriarchy wine glass, my friend. You best believe it. As is Valerie Johnson. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? <laughs> <laughs> sip some rosé out of your fucking Petre RK wine glaze. Okay. Nailed it. Thank you, Rebecca Huffman. Huffman, you're hot stuff, man. Oh. Looking for some Huffman, <laughs> baby, baby this evening. <laughs> I don't know. It, when it works, it works, people. <laughs> it really works. Okay. Shout out Chris Roser. Roser. I hardly knows her. Hardly knew her. <laughs> knows her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all we got. It's been a long up. It's my favorite fallback, and I love it. Erica Thompson, uh, I'm Thompson at the bit to thank you for your do- $10 a month donation. <laughs> thank you, Kelly Joe Blair. Ooh. Uh, you're Blairy, Blairy special to <laughs> us. Oh. Uh, you are the Blair to our Serena. To our witch. <laughs> Project. Project. <laughs> Shout out Samantha Lasky. The Pulaski Highway is located oh my God. somewhere. I Stop. can't remember. Michigan? Yes. <laughs> Fucking I talked to perfect. my optometrist <laughs> yesterday about Leskic surgery. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm going in for Lasky surgery soon. <laughs> Maggie Huggins, bless you so much. We met Maggie in Nashville, and we love Maggie. Oh. And she has increased her donation from 5 to $10 a month, so you're going to be getting that FP wine glass. And one of these days, we'd love to Huggins you once more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you also, fellow increaser Jess Dixon. Mm-hmm. Jess, you're the best for increasing <laughs> best. your pledge from 5 to $10 a month. You're Thank not you so a dick. You're the best. You do, you do, Jess. Shout out to <laughs> Jess I ever had. <laughs> Jess I ever had. The Jess I ever had. <laughs> Shoot, they are first trash queen, Emily Monsoor. And thank you for sending a pronunciation guide because I would have super fucked that up. Thank you yeah. for your we all monsoon of donation. Love you. We're not sore about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Megan Elliott, <laughs> crickets. 
crickets. It's fine. <laughs> We're too tired to even humor you at this point. I, I, so many people in my life have reached that point. So, like, I get it. Um, where are we at? Megan Elliott. God bless. <laughs> Smelly it to you later, <laughs> Megan Elliott. Thank you for your $15 a month donation. You're going to be getting some trash. Missy Elliott. Missy Megan Elliott. Emily Blair, a second Blair, maybe you're related. Maybe. Emily Blair increased their pledge from 5 to $15 a month to get that Ooh, sweet, sweet garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I already said thank you, Blairy Mudge. I don't know. <laughs> you are also the Blair to our witch project. Yeah. yeah. Megan Peacock. I hope that's Ooh. your real last name. That is amazing. You are a character from Clue. Yeah. I was Face just going to say it was Megan Peacock <laughs> in the library with the candlestick. No, it was Megan Peacock with the dusty trash from Lucy's house because Megan is part of the Trash Queen. Correct. Correct, Amundo. Uh, as is Ray Kasha. I Thank you for your Kasha. Thank you for your Kasha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paul Farmer donated a $10 once-off donation to honor his wife, Andrea Farmer. So Couple sweet. Goals. So and Couple just a reminder, goals. if you are afraid of commitment, like all of Amanda's ex-boyfriends, <laughs> you, can, you can purchase a one-off donation from our online merch store. Think about mm-hmm. it. Just think about and it. And Jana mm-hmm. Dodson sure did this. Uh, mm-hmm. She, uh, or they... <laughs> Donated $25 once off at whiningcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com. Thank you, Jana. And also, Xander Kachuk wants to shout out Christy, Caitlin, and Stephanie with their $150 once off donation. You are so damn generous. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And here's that shout out. Thanks for always being there when I need you and for continuously pretending to be cool with me. <laughs> Hi, I could have written this shout Amanda. out to Kenyon and Lucy. <laughs> I know we agreed on a vacation this year instead of gifts, but I couldn't resist. Oh, I seriously love you all from Xander the Gunkle. Oh my God. <laughs> Every kid needs a Gunkle. Will you be our Gunkle, Xander? Which is a gay uncle. Love it. Oh, oh, Gunkle. Oh. Oh, what a- Xander, that's really sweet. And Christy and Caitlin and Stephanie, you're very lucky to have someone as lovely as Xander in your life. Yes, that mm-hmm. was a great way to end special thanks and end the episode. We love you all so much. Tune in next week. What about Talkspace? Thanks, oh. Last but not least, Talkspace. Our sponsor. Go for it. Go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals to get 45 bucks off your first month. Treat, Treat your brain. Yo, brain. Treat it. See you Bye-bye. next week. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! 
Oh, didn't see you there. I'm Molly. And I'm Jen. And we're We're Rosemary's Rosemary's Ladies. Ladies. A podcast where we eat snacks, drink adult beverages, and review movies. The good and the bad. Previous reviews include Deep Blue Sea, Poltergeist, Leprechaun, and 1998's Godzilla. You can tune in on iTunes, Spotify, and most popular podcast apps. And for Pete's sake, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and check us out at rosemarysladies.com, where you can submit movies for us to review. And until we see you there, I'll uh, catch you later. I guess I'll just get out of your hair there. It sounds like you might say something.